not manslight me or manslight me. Miss Hi there. Welcome back to Misandry with Marsha and Ray. I, I was going to say and Ray. <laughs> okay. It's weird. Okay. Welcome back to Misandry with Marsha and Ray. <laughs> yes. Look, we're bright. We got it right. Um, I'm Ray Sani. I'm Marsha Belsky. And we are the most wonderful misandrists on the planet here to talk everything with you from our militia in the woods. Yes, broadcasting to you live from a militia in the woods at an <laughs> undisclosed location from our basement prison, the friend zone. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a couple of days since we got to talk to you. We're going to try and make you know, Tuesday, a regular day. Don't hold us to it so fast, but right. we want to be talking to you regularly. We're so. still pieces of shit, but we're trying. We're and trying we're really like going to be regular as regular as you want to be. Yeah. Regular is, regular is always mad good. fiber and <laughs> metamucil and shit like that. As regular as starting on the 15th of every month. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do tonight's episode and then uh, we're going to do a feedback-esque type episode to release for y'all later in the week. And I'm really, really excited to finally get to address some of the stuff that y'all Yes. sent to us and wanted to talk about because we do see you and we appreciate your engagement right and without you guys we're just a couple of crazy women screaming to ourselves in the woods <laughs> you know and that's like fine too but we'd like more people in the woods right with a, us. a bigger militia usually helps to win the fight you know and we definitely need the resources out there because we need spies we need all sorts of people on the ground you know <laughs> We have a lot. Um, I'm trying to train one of those like big circus elephants right now, right, okay. but not in like an abusive way. I don't want PETA yeah. to get on the militia. I absolutely respect animals, um, but like you know, we just have an attachment. It's a female elephant, and so <laughs> she's going to fight for the militia, and I think that's going to be huge for us. Huge for us. Huge for us. Huge. Um, it's been a couple of days since we recorded last. Um, long week. A long. Whew. The second scariest thing to happen this week was we were probably going to get in a nuclear war with North Korea. Isn't that crazy? That's like the second. I mean, like, I guess you can't really rate how scary things are. But and then it was like we were all scared about that. And then we had this attack in Charlottesville. Right. Like what was so crazy is uh, I write for the president show, obviously, which kind of hinges all of its humor on uh, Trump and political Wahala, as Nigerians would call it. Mm -hmm. And um and we're off for two weeks. We were off last week. We're off this week. And on Twitter, uh, one of our EPs was like getting so frustrated at the way journalists were like questioning Trump really tepidly and not strongly enough. Mm -hmm. And uh, Anthony, who's the host and an EP, was like, Jason, write all of these notes down for when we resume <laughs> filming. And then Jason writes back. We'll be filming 15 to 18 crises from now, though. So Seriously. I don't know how relevant that's going to be. You guys, will be. Pro it'll probably be so far past Trump 
not denouncing white supremacy by name, but then denouncing the guy who resigned from his board yes. for him not denouncing That's white crazy. supremacy by name, by we'll name. We'll get to that. That's the CEO of Merck. But just so you have an understanding of what we mean by the crisis in Charlottesville. Um, so Charlottesville, Virginia is a small-ish college town where the University of Virginia is, and University of Virginia is like a prestigious, um, fancy college university founded by Thomas Jefferson. It's basically like your uh, Ivy League of the South. Like in the South, you'll have Duke and Vanderbilt and um, and UVA. Du- UVA uh, is basically Harvard for good old boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so... Um, at UVA, there have recently been some like racial incidents. There was last year a kid who vocally supported Black Lives Matter. He claims that he was attacked outside of a bar near campus because he was black and didn't have ID. Um, and uh, <laughs> and he was attacked pretty viciously, mm-hmm. and that sparked a whole thing, and there's some kids who are trying to move a bla- begin the Black Lives Mo- Matter movement on their campus, and then you have college Republicans who feel strongly in contrast, and the most recent big deal controversy about Charlottesville is that there are statues of Confederate heroes, and I use heroes in quotation marks, namely Robert E. Lee, who is, that were in Robert E. Lee Park, and um, a group of people got together, decided that they wanted to have those statues taken down. Um, and there was a fight about it, a kerfuffle about it. There's a stay, if I remember correctly, on the ordinance. So there's still time to debate whether or not the the statues come down. But there are some uh, people who pretend that they're heritage, not hate, who started to make a big kerfuffle about taking down the Confederate statues and, you know, white supremacists and alt-writers and neo-Nazis got their hand on that story and uh, planned for a rally for Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they showed called up. Unite the Right. Called Unite the Right. And they showed up actually on Friday night wearing fucking Cornwall-ass ta- <laughs> white polo shirts mm-hmm. and khakis. With tiki holding torches. Tiki, tiki torches. And this picture is familiar. They did something earlier in the uh, summer. But this time, they came armed. They came with a militia of people who looked like the cops. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll we get, get so much shit for our militia. And it's <laughs> like, okay, first of all, we're at least likable. We're likable. <laughs> and um, and we'll get into it later. But there was an escalation of violence and what seemed like an inadequate police response. Mm-hmm. But uh, the police actually said and so did the governor and the the mayor of charlottesville basically said these this militia was better armed than the the thousand police officers that they had ready to work at the time Mm -hmm. which is a horrible horrible thing to think about when considering the militarization of the police and you know the private like the militarization of private citizens because you know I don't think they should be having like all kinds of crazy assault weapons and stuff yeah. but anyway Humvees like going down the <laughs> neighborhood road yeah it's pretty insane but 
Uh, so, yeah, it was a college town and some college Republicans were part of this protest and all of this stuff. And it turned wild crazy on Saturday morning. Lots of fighting with counter protesters. I saw photos of black people, white people, um, just all these what people have termed leftists getting fucked up by these rowdy, rowdy uh, white supremacists. Mm-hmm. There's a photo of the there's four black men being beaten in a parking garage and then Sean King tweeting about their assaulters trying to get them arrested and caught. And then uh, the man who drove into the crowd where it was it's like all these people that we've been seeing them being radicalized in these crazy right wing spaces online mm-hmm. and they all came together to literally unite themselves that day. <laughs> they, called them, they called it Unite the Right. So uh, what happened was the governor saw that it was getting wild crazy and at around noon on Saturday afternoon he uh, called a state of emergency and basically everybody in that park was ordered to disperse so they'd go to jail and in the chaos of everybody trying to get out of the park a uh, an Ohio guy 20 years old uh, pro uh, pro uh, Trump pro-Trump white supremacist Mm -hmm. just barrels his car through a crowd of counter protesters Mm -hmm. and backs up does it again that was what the story on the ground was yep so he killed uh, a young woman a 32 year old woman named Heather I can't remember her last name I have it hold on and um, injured 19 other people Um, which is I don't know. Is that domestic terrorism to you? I feel like that's domestic terrorism. Her name's Heather Heyer. Hi, Heather. Heather. She was there with a group of her friends who were uh, a bunch of young lawyers, mostly. And it's just, you know, really sad. The last thing she put on her Facebook was, if you're not outraged, you're not paying attention. And then she was killed and one of her friends... um, broke his leg and actually saved his fiance's potentially his life by pushing her out of the way. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, all these stories like that. The really horrific photo of there's a man that you can see like flying, flying in the air. In the That's air, who yeah. that is. He pushed his fiance out of the way right wow. before. And luckily, thank God he only broke his leg, but he was friends with Heather and they all came together. And yeah, it's horrific. I mean, that what the story on the ground that I read that was being passed around today of someone who was injured was saying that, you know, those were all the people that were walking back after they had essentially accomplished their goal of kicking the white supremacists out of the park. And the white supremacists, like you said, have been violently threatening people the entire day, you know, and it's just this guy was decided. And there are video, there have been videos from earlier in the protests of white supremacists being maced and other white supremacists saying to them, don't worry, we're going to kill them all. Wow. There's videos of that, you know, and there's, there's a uh, pages online of them telling people to bring weapons, but we're not there to incite violence. Okay, <laughs> sure. Well, one, Virginia is an open carry state, and here's evidence of why that's a really ridiculous uh, rule, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, uh, it's all it's all bad. It's all bad. The idea that um, so one, I just want to call out the lie of white supremacy that says that supporting Confederate heroes is about um, heritage and not hate, because I don't understand how in defense of 
what ultimately were traitors to the union in defense of celebrating them. You brought Nazis and self-named white supremacists out. Richard Spencer is not the guy you want to be defending your quote unquote heritage. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's one. And two, um, like these people were violent with intention. I want you guys to know that every time a black lives matter March starts, every time a pro social justice March starts, I'm telling you there's not a militia there. Right. There might be some people who come aggressive because when you mad, you get aggressive, especially if you think that the police state is violating you and your people with regularity. But I promise we don't show up with militias pretending to be police because we disagree with the actions that the state have been taking. So the I, like there's always this equation of. You know, I've seen it happen so often, especially online. Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. They're anti-cop. They're pro-violent. You'll never see any person organizing Black Lives Matter corralling a militia of people Mm -hmm. to say, this is how we're going to take down the government, okay? And the minute a black person showed up, if two black people had guns in an open carry state, the cops would forget very quickly how open carry that state is. Absolutely. They'd find an excuse, you know, like the NRA made a statement about Philano Castile took them four months to write that said, oh, because he had weed in the car, he deserved to be killed, which they haven't even proven they actually had weed in the car, of course. But they it's like. They they'll always find something as to why they're protecting one person and not the other. And it's like they're saying like exactly like you said, it's just it's it's terrifying. There was a counter image that I saw online of the day after the Charlottesville protests of, you know, all these dorky looking white guys with their torches and no police presence and them screaming. And then there is a Black Lives Matter vigil for someone who had been lost. And there was, you know, police in full SWAT. Yep, SWAT. exactly. Where were the police in riot gear? Where were the... Now, Terry McAuliffe, and I can't remember the name of the mayor of Charlottesville, um, but they were saying that they, are, uh, they aren't equipped to handle that kind of gun presence. Right. But I also want to note that Charlottesville is about 60% white and it's a college town for fancy kids at mm-hmm. UVA. Mm-hmm. Ferguson is 80% black. So if there's, if we're talking about readiness of, right. p- of the police surrounding the de- police departments and militarization and weapons, well, I'm sure those demographic breakdowns have something to do with it. When people were praising the mayor's comments, and I mean, they were good. It's he, he came out outwardly against white supremacy. But something that's been interesting that I saw someone saying is people really want to focus on calling these people Nazis because it separates how deeply embedded in Americanism these people have always been. Right. And it's like, it's just frustrating because there's all these things like, oh, these Nazis have risen and blah, blah, blah. And the mayor's comments were, this is not what Thomas Jefferson would have wanted. And it's like, like Thomas Jefferson also wanted to sleep with his slave. Exactly. Girl. So there's so it's that. Like, and he also thought I was intellectually inferior scientifically. So there's that. This like false American heroicism that comes from these like Republicans after this happens. Like we stand against white supremacy. This is against everything we believe in. And it's like, but yet it's everything you've vote for right well so um i uh 
<sighs> okay. So the um I had like a reverse racism and I guess Marsha just kind of leaned into what I was like gonna mention, which is that um two things. One <laughs> The killer of a of the of that woman Heather and you know who harmed nineteen people with his car is a twenty year old from um, Ohio. Ohio, and once he had been arrested and his name released, the local Toledo, Ohio newspaper interviewed his mama, and his mama. So my reverse racism is twofold. This is the first part. So he his mama. Uh, asked she's like i didn't know what he was gonna do she told me to watch he told me to watch his cat that he was gonna go to some rally i thought it was a trump rally but we don't talk about his politics and i didn't know he was a white supremacist he has an african-american friend (laughs) okay i don't know if i've ever said on this podcast but i have a rule i'm never gonna be the only black person in a photo because no matter how happy you look you always look sad right And also, whoever else is in that photo can go and make you their black friend. And I don't know if he's ever taken a picture with that black friend his mama was referring to. But every white supremacist has a black friend or acquaintance that they can look to as a shield. Dylan Roof had a black friend. Yeah, absolutely. He still shot up the Mother Emanuel Church. They're the exception, um, whoever their friend right, is. Right, exactly. So... Don't ever be that ba- black friend, okay? And two, uh, I don't trust white people who call us African Americans. Never have, never will. If you, if they white people, we black people. Because if someone's like calling Caucasian you Caucasian American, yeah. Because if somebody's calling you an African American in this day and age where most black people self-identify as black, mm-hmm. then they're trying on purpose to be uh, what they think is politically a. Uh, correct or polite in public and I know that someone who engages with black people on a regular basis yeah. knows that black people call that's themselves black. That's what I was going to say at the very least it just means they haven't talked to a black person in 40 years. Exactly. Like, they were like well Negroes came, Negro came off the census so what's the next best thing? I mean I knew this woman I do this joke about in my act about how she didn't drink water because quote that shit don't taste like nothing. It's like this girl I know who uh, her par- her mom was a police officer and her parents were the most racist people I've ever met. Outwardly racist, I should say. Wow. And they had a, a black kid that they considered their son. They raised they would say they raised him as, you know, their own. He was always at their house. And but they would openly say shit like, you know, he's not like the others. Well, did you know, I just saw on Twitter the other day that Tommy Laren is in a relationship with uh-huh. a black dude. Everyone's making get out jokes. I was like, well, I just kind of was like, he ain't the first. Right. I ain't shocked. But I do feel bad for her kid because her kid's going to have to use Perp Plus because her mama ain't going to know what to do with all that gorgeous natural hair. She's, gonna she's be like, not going to want to ask What's either. Shea Moisture? Yeah. She's, she's going to be racist her, towards her own kid if she, they have a kid. Yes. And also just like give her kid an identity crisis. It's really crazy. Whenever yeah. I m- encounter people who are like, but I'm with a black man and I'm like, I feel sorry for your babies most and most of all. But. If you're thinking of your partner as like what their group is, like right. you know, if you're like literally thinking to yourself, "This is my black boyfriend," yeah, like, exactly. And it's like 
just you having a sexual relationship with a fully formed adult who's had whatever black experiences Mm -hmm. they've had and you come to them and they bring whatever thing they have and you have and whatever you are irresponsible for shaping the blackness of the person y'all create yeah it's not the same as meeting somebody who's been black until adulthood when you are shaping that shit yeah the same with that family who sued that lesbian couple in Ohio who sued because oh, they yeah. got a black baby in a sperm bank. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Now that little girl's gonna know yeah. that her mama didn't, both her mamas didn't want her because she's black. How do you form a self-love identity in that? No. There's no way. There's no way. And it's like also like with Tommy Loren, it's like, of course, like she's the same as like when Gavin McGinnis would use his wife to be like, well, my wife says that women would be happier at home. Like she's going to use like some black Republican guy to be like, actually, he thinks you should pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Right. Like, and, you know, and then he probably also only has her and friends like her because, yeah, I'm sure black people don't roll with him. But also he's going to start aging very quickly. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> But also going back to the mother of this kid, I, like of this killer. One of the things that really struck me when she was talking was she said she didn't know his politics. Right. That they didn't talk about his politics. And this is why you white people need to talk to your family about mm-hmm. their politics. I know Thanksgiving is going to be difficult. I know you don't want mommy to cut off the credit card. Mm-hmm. But to avoid conversations i don't know that i believe this woman i think she was as racist and pro-trump as her son was she probably just didn't think her son was gonna be active the way that he had been Mm -hmm. because there's no way my son is 20 years old tells me to watch his cat so he can drive from ohio to virginia to go to a rally and i don't ask any further questions and she had called the police on him for being physically abusive before. So, like, she had known she knows that, he has, that he's an angry, yeah. aggressive human. But that's the ultimate wasp thing is to just not talk to your family. It's just to sit next to your family and just not say anything of any significance. And I always am baffled how you could just never talk politics with the people that you love. It's like, what is politics? Politics is just what you believe. Politics, not only is politics just what you believe, like, what the fuck else is there to talk about? Like, are you gonna just talk about cookies? Some people in their families don't talk about death. Like, it's funny because my family is probably on the more insane levels. Like, we're so loud that people come in and they're just, like, terrified, you know? But on my mom's side especially. But, like, you know, we talk about death and stuff so openly and we're so open about anything that's sad or funny or mm-hmm. just anything. And, you know, we'll argue. And then it's funny because, you know, I have so many other friends where it's like they'll come and meet my family and they're like, me and my family don't talk about anything. Right. It's really wild to me. Uh, I, I mean, I st- like I don't hit every subject with my mama, but she knows what I think about things. And it's wild to me that, you know, people go through their whole lives not engaging in real substance substantive issues with their parents. So the reason I made that a reverse racism is one stop use stop being the Negro in the photo that some racist mother murdering motherfucker is going to use as his defense later. And two, like you not about to not talk to your family because I don't have the luxury. And when you don't talk to your family, you don't find out that your kid's about to go to a rally and murder a shorty and injure 19 people. So that's Mm -hmm. one. And two, 
Well, these are the same people that go, why didn't the Muslim community tell the police that exactly. he'd been radicalized? Exactly. They do that shit all the time. Why haven't they come out and denounced this and that? You know, why is no one asking this guy's priest why he didn't tell people exactly. that he was radicalized? Uh, so there's that. And then two, the second part, which is what you brought up, which made me uh, go and think about some other things. So. My friend Doreen St. Felix, she's a brilliant writer at The New Yorker, and she touched on something that I had been thinking but hadn't put into words, where the the excitement to call the people who are in, t- in attendance at these rallies and, you know, people who've been openly white, so white supremacists and label themselves neo-Nazis is, is fucked because it disengages mm-hmm. um, uh, white supremacy from its American roots. First, absolutely. First, uh, it's a, a little known fact, but Nazis, actual Nazis in uh, pre World War Two and during World War Two, uh, shaped a lot of their uh, rules and segregationist policies around Jim Crow laws. Yeah, like they had people research American laws and American segregation and applied that shit over in Germany. Mm-hmm. So that's one. So even if you want to assign uh, this unique type of racism to Nazis. Well, the Nazis came and got it from us, so it's a circular it's, in yeah, that regard. It's a cycle. And then secondly, uh, the Confederacy existed before Nazism, mm-hmm. and these Nazis, quote-unquote, are going to protect a statue of Robert E. Lee and their Confederate heritage. We need to stop making it seem as though this kind of open, aggressive white supremacy is foreign or unlike us. I saw so many tweets, even Ellen, and I had to quote Twitter and be like, girl, it was, is this America? Is this what America has become? Donald Trump has, nah, yo, it's been America, and it's an insult to us, mm-hmm. you lazy white liberals. It's an insult to us black people who've been telling you the truth for years and you've been gaslighting us, undermining us, not taking us seriously about the extent to which this shit exists. Mm-hmm. And you say, wow, I can't believe this happened. Or you blame it on Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. No, it never went away. It's just emboldened. It, it's, it, it's emboldened now, but it's emboldened in the sense that you guys figured out how it was somewhat impolite to be shitty to us mm-hmm. in public, but you still did it with policies or calling Obamacare, Obamacare and shit like that, you know, coded dog whistles. But Trump said, fuck dog whistles. 62 American, 62 million Americans got excited about that shit. Mm-hmm. And then they're talking openly again. But there's nothing about the rhetoric that happened yesterday and Donald Trump's unwillingness to denounce that shit. Nothing looks un-American about that. Well, that is the most American. Yeah. They want to act like they haven't seen it themselves behind closed doors. Ellen DeGeneres is in Hollywood. There's no way that she hasn't heard overtly racist things, racist people. And I bet the people around her call themselves liberals. You know, like it's a way to distance yourself from like, oh, I would never be these people at the rally. And it's like, but people you work for and with and have helped out, they would be. And you've seen it. And we've all been like, I, you know, I've been in those private white spaces where you hear exactly how people talk and to deny it is to act like you said, like we're a completely other thing. But 
white supremacy benefits from these people. So who remain quiet and complicit. Yeah. And also the people who are out there protesting, you're the one benefiting. Right. And then there's this uh, other thing that happens where uh, when you say uh, this is not us. That's a white luxury mm-hmm. because every time black people do anything, it has to be us. Every time Asian people do anything, it's them. Anytime Latinos do anything, it's them. Ask some white person about the Puerto Rican Day Parade and they'll run you a litany of racist um, ideas about what that parade does, what it stands for, and who attends it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just one event. And it's actually not even a bad event. There was one terrible incident about 10 years back, got played over and over on the news in New York. And that's the stigma it's been given. But man, when there's Irish Day Parade, Irish, um, the St. Patrick's Day Parade, that's an Irish celebrating parade. Lots of wild shit goes down there. That's not attributed to the rest of the race. When you have wild shit happen in other locations, the luxury of being a KKK member and then not having that applied to the rest of your race but the minute i say black lives matter and you have one dallas incident where some cops were taken out and now black lives matter is a terrorist organization it's such a slap in the face the insistence upon your non-complicity when we don't have the luxury to do it and if you want to insist upon that non-complicity that's you not doing the work because you should feel a sense of responsibility, not just for the fellow white people, but for society at large, in that you want to move so aggressively to fix it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they really, it's like they want, they've earned the privilege to be detached. We've seen a lot of that during the election where they're like, I can't believe this is happening. Uh, back to my life. Mm-hmm, like, you right? know, and then they retreat. And it's like you have the privilege where your actual body is not what's at risk. You know, just you existing is not what's at risk. And that's why you have the option to go, I just don't want this negativity to, you know, can't we just go back to the way things were? And what they don't realize is, like you said, people have been dying for years just to try and prevent as much as they can this Mm -hmm. grip that this dangerous white supremacy has had on America since the beginning. It has had on America since the beginning. I mean, like, even the best conservatives, like, for example, Barry Goldwater is a huge racist or was a huge racist, but he is considered, like, a beacon of, like, pure conservative ideals. Mm -hmm. And Senator Jeff Flake, who is writing this anti-Trump book and going around and making all these press appearances articulating that Trump and his hate and his bigotry and whatever doesn't reflect the ideals of American conservatism has has named his book in the tradition of Barry Goldwater. You think Barry Goldwater wasn't a crazy anti-Semite bigot? Yeah, it's like the FDR lynching with the New Deal stuff where it's like you want to distance yourself from the fact that these trades and barters that harm marginalized communities have happened since the beginning of just white men in rooms with white men talking and one group is trying to be less bad to the people they're purporting to protect you know and that's what the thing was too like people pointing out these people at the rally where they're they're chanting we will not be replaced and it's like yeah they're the ones who like are 
screaming that in this crazy visceral way but there are liberal white men who feel that exact same way and what you're scared of being replaced as is the only voice that matters and that you're scared of having your character judged by how you treat everybody Mm -hmm. and not just other white men okay you're totally you're totally right on that um and then oh one more thing about in my reverse racism rant was uh there's this thing that's been happening a lot on uh black not black no there's this thing that's been happening in liberal twitter liberal spaces where white people are like listen to black women and you should listen to us we're amazing but i don't like that because so reductive it's in addition to it just being reductive it trades on stereotypes that are harmful to us oh like the wise black woman yes yeah the magical negro who saw what was coming right oh 94 percent of black women voted for hillary so next time listen to black women or you know uh uh black women uh, told you so. Listen to Auntie Maxine mm-hmm. Waters. You know what I mean. Anytime I see a white person tweet Auntie, it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? It feels weird, and it's really condescending because here's what you guys are admitting: you're admitting that you ignored us, even though we're the most loyal Democratic base you've got out there. You ignored us. You ignored us, and then there was an even bigger problem, and now, next time, you're going to listen to us, so we carry the burden, we are the mules, we're going to fix you white people's problems. But no, we're not. I mean, that's the thing. Like, we're not going to listen to you. Like, well, it's that's like, the point. Yeah. They're not going to listen to us. It's not like people say, listen to black women, and then organize in ways to put black women in positions of power. Right. They're basically saying, when a black girl tell you something, you better listen, and that's Like it. the sass- black friend in a comedy it's it's magical negress auntie wise auntie it's a mammy who raised you right and gave you some words of wisdom in i don't know what that movie and the second advice they don't want they just ignore it and go thank god i'm the main character exactly (laughs) and so it's like don't condescend to me that way because if you genuinely really did want to listen to black women and you you did want to heed yes not only would you do it you would you would lift their voices every time a white person I've seen says, listen to black women. He don't point out no black women to listen to. Mm -hmm. He's just like, yeah, they told you. And then what, how are you empowering this black woman? Are you financing a black candidate? Are you putting your political resources behind one? Mm -hmm. Or are you just passingly giving us lip service that won't amount to anything? Are you empowering us? When you say listen to black women and then the leader of the Democratic Party says, oh, we are not going to not fund anti-choice candidates right then you're not listening to black women because when when abortion is limited black women and women of color suffer the most economically Mm -hmm. so how is that listening to black women or is it some shit you say when donald trump uh says something that shocks even you yeah and then you toss back that little platitude and then keep moving how you moving Mm -hmm. the black democratic leadership don't look any different than it did and even the most left grassroots um organizations don't look any browner than they did they have nina turner who 
I don't know. She's just, in my opinion, a Bernie Sanders, I don't know, puppet. It's very bizarre. She just yeah, repeats like, what he says. Every group seems to be like, listen to black women when they're lending their voices to help you get votes. And then it's like the second that they're not, it's yeah. like, well, you know, and it's also so reductive, too, because it's the same way how, like, you know, black characters on TV shows aren't allowed to be flawed or uh, successful. Right. So it's like, you know, when you have a black candidate, it's white people being reductive in the way where they right. don't allow them to have flaws and they also don't allow them to be criticized like or are they uh, they don't allow them to be human. There's, right. There's this purity of blackness there are all these stereotypes of public black presentation there's a purity you know wise magical negro or there's thug that dangerous stereotype you know ghetto and black or there's um thankfully scandal and um uh excuse me uh insecure which are relatively new things and even those have their own excuse me issues in them but yeah i just wanted to get that off my chest because it was really really frustrating me like yeah i'm right because i know what um oppression looks like but also don't give me some like bullshit ass platitudinous nod to my clairvoyance you should have been listening to me for a long time and it didn't have to hit the fan the way it has before you should have Mm -hmm. acknowledged that my voice is one that's valuable right like listen to the jews five years after the holocaust is over thank you so much oh thank you listen to black women it's it is it's so frustrating because there's a lot of reductive things like that and there's no nuance allowed and then you have people being like thinking something's cliche before they've even fully understood where it comes from where the root of the phrase listen to black woman what it could mean in a deeper sense they just it gets so old before it's even understood by anybody you know and it's just insane it's so uh well if you did your reverse racism should i do my crush men monday go for it um i wish i had more energy but that charlotteville thing is really wearing me out it is i always think back to what you said i think the first episode we did it's impotence it's just so impotent and it's so hypermanic how this stuff happens and it is trump specifically but it's also just you know with like modernity time and the speed of things has been exponentializing and now we're at this point where politics was getting quicker and quicker and then we get social media and then we get trump and now like you said like it's so quick that by the time you even get back to your show, you're going to have 13 right. scandals. And then that, of course, is part of the process to overwhelm and exhaust us I'm and sure. to barely hold on to all the things, you know. That's why, I mean, not as an excuse to the journalist necessarily, but it's like when he won't allow questions and you only have two seconds, you have to remember all the things he's done relating to what garbage he just spewed stream of consciousness, mm-hmm. you know. I can't imagine listening to Trump speak. Did you see his call with the president of Guam? No. Oh, my God. There was a transcript of his call to the president of Guam a couple days after all these threats were happening. And it's insane. He only gets to the fact that North Korea is even going to bomb them halfway through the call because he's going. And you know what? Let me tell you, Mr. President, you're famous over here. I don't know if he's the president (laughs) or the prime minister or what. It's like, you know, it's a territory of America. It's like, you know what? You're so famous over here and tourism in Guam is going to be way up. Oh, really? Well, there's an active bomb threat from North Korea. <laughs> tourism in Guam is going to rise. Yeah. He's so, a joke. 
And I didn't even get to watch Game of Thrones last night to get all of this I'm on my so chest. mad you didn't because for those of you who don't know, Ray ships Cersei and Jamie. That's the only two people she cares about making <laughs> out on screen. Um, They're both hot. <laughs> you know, it's hot twincest, I will say, for yes. twincest. Um Last night's Game of Thrones was in, was great. You have to watch it and text me right after you do. That okay. applies to all of you and Rafa. I'll watch it tonight. Okay, good. Please. Because I, I was so excited to talk to your take. Because also, Ray hates Daenerys, and I started calling Ray, uh, Daenerys a crazy cat lady. <laughs> because the way she talks about her dragons, she's like, they're my children. These dragons are my kids. And it's yeah. like, in real life, I don't think I would like you. No, Daenerys is like typical. Like I love cats. Don't get me wrong. Daenerys is white feminist TM where it's like, oh, my God, I'm fighting for the liberation <laughs> of everybody. But basically what she's trying to do is liberate slaves so that they become her servants to help her take over her land. They had no idea yeah, about. They have to bend the knee. She feels so entitled to because my daddy had it first. Uh huh. Yeah. She's like, Sarah, my daddy was crazy, but he did like leave me these dragons. Um, <laughs> and I mean, is that reason to own anything? Exactly. Um, my crush men Monday. I've there's been a few frustrating things. Like I've noticed how. It's crazy because, you know, women can't even exist in spaces around men just in our own bodies without some men saying, you know, we deserve harassment or just being harassed. But then when you try and create your own spaces like the women's only screaming of Wonder Woman or I was reading about in England, there are these women's only swimming lessons, which, of course, makes sense because you're like half dressed and mm-hmm. uh, and there are women who are like, there I just don't want men around train cars in a lot of places. Right. Women's only train cars. I think I saw one in China. And it's it's crazy because then when you do things like that, because you're like, OK, you don't let us exist in public without being harassed by you. And then you try and create your own spaces and men claim harass or discrimination And so the Alamo movie theater that did the Wonder Woman only screening, like basically months later for I don't know why, issued an apology and said that they would do things different because this guy like sued them or something. And it's just sad because it's like these people then feel like they have to cover their tracks like, oh, I guess we are sorry and blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't know what um, I don't know what uh, gender is because that's a Title IX situation. I'm not particularly uh, uh, knowledgeable on Title IX stuff. But I do know that um, that civil rights law identifies um, protected classes, and white men are not a protected class. Right? right, and that's what they're mad about. They're like, they were the ultimate protected class, so now they see these things that have been given to try and make up for the foundation of America, they now see that as discriminatory because they might not be the only voice like we well, were saying earlier. Well, that goes back to the analogy you gave last week where uh, here's a huge disease. Right. And the the uh, the solution or the attempt to weaken the, the problem is a vaccine that somewhat resembles that disease mm-hmm. but is a weaker version of it. Right. All with the intended goal of killing off the disease in Mm -hmm. the first place but the people who the people are acting as though the vaccine is as bad or as detrimental in result as the original illness and it's bullshit and it's actually those people are the disease just disguised and being like actually we're against the vaccine because they know they're gonna die yeah um 
But my Crushman Monday that I really wanted to do was the Google Manifesto guy. And I was going to look up his name, but then I purposely decided not to because okay. I know he's trying to brand himself. Yes, he is. And all this girl sent around the Today Show was going to do an interview. So they interviewed all these people that could possibly debate him. And they're like, our main focus is going to be on him and him telling his story for the first time. Uh, and that's the problem, too, is they want to give all these voices. Like, how many stories do we have to read? Trump supporters still supports Trump. Why are we hearing those stories as opposed to the people that he's fucking over that have never supported him? Well, I mean, explain what the Google manifesto guy is. So the Google manifesto guy, um, he is a man currently in my basement uh, <laughs> tied to a very heavy rock. But he basically sent around an internal memo while he worked at Google and he was an engineer. And he was saying that because there have been efforts to even the Silicon Valley, you know, type of companies, especially in engineering jobs, there's a severe lack of women. So there's been efforts to hire more women, to hire uh, more diversity. And he was basically saying that that takes it against being a meritocracy, which is like we were talking about last time where it's like white men always claim they want a meritocracy until they're losing in that meritocracy. And then all of a sudden it comes out that that's not what they wanted at all. Right. And so this guy, of course, it comes out. He's saying basically that this takes away from who's actually qualified. Turns out he only has a master's in engineering, whereas most of his peers have PhDs. He so lied about it, right? He's Yeah, so he lied. So he's not even as qualified as many of his peers, probably female or non-white peers. So then he did this whole internal memo. He got fired, and now he's trying to brand off of being a martyr and he had posted this picture of himself wearing a shirt that says Gulag, but it's spelled G-O-O-L-A-G. So it's like, oh, you're equating being fired for talking shit about work at work to being forced into a Soviet labor camp. <laughs> and that's how you realize how persecuted these men truly have to feel, which there was that really viral thread that went on right after Charlottesville, where it's like, imagine if these people were actually persecuted. Imagine if you were kicked off of a flight because your polo made someone uncomfortable, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And it's guys like this who I'm like, my thing that I couldn't stop obsessing over in my mind is what a luxury to be a man, to be 81% of your field, because I looked it up, 81% of Google's technicians are men. So that's engineers, that's people doing the tech side. 81% are men. To be 81% and feel persecuted, feel <laughs> excluded, feel like you're might lose your job. And really what you're scared of is that if it becomes a true even pool and there's no culture of harassment that might persuade qualified women away, there's no idea that like he thinks that they're hiring women and people of color just because they're that. And it's like, Google's not going to hire people to work for them that aren't qualified. Mm -hmm. They're not going to. But really, it's that you don't have the in because you met the guy at the urinal. Or maybe that in's not going to work for you as well as it would have before if sure. they're trying to hire with more diversity. Because that's what these guys don't understand. It's like you get the job because you shake the guy's hand and he doesn't think twice about it. But he's not going to look at a woman and think this is someone I want to hire off the bat. That's not how they see us. Like, of course. Even in comedy, I, I'll be assumed to be the girlfriend. And I've had to tell my boyfriend, when you introduce me to other comics, you have to say this is my girlfriend, also a comedian. You can't. And it's like I'm not networking, but they will assume that I'm not a comic. Right. You know, you have to let them know. Whereas like when I was dating a non-comic, 
we would go places and there wasn't a single person that didn't ask him, oh, are you a comic? And it's like because he was with you. I hardly ever get asked that. And when I do get asked that by men, I really appreciate it and notice it Hmm. because whenever like there was some like pretty big club comic and I was just kind of hanging out and he just said to me, oh, are you a comic? And in my head, I was like, wow, your assumptive piece of shit level just got cut in half. Like because just by asking me what you asked the five men sitting next to me Mm -hmm. because it happens so rarely. Like I was hanging at one of these big clubs. I guess I won't name it by name. I mean, they're not listening, but like I was sitting there and it was like the woman who books for them went person by person. And it's not New York comic club. I have to say, because I love the woman who books for them. So I have to make that clear. But she went four people next to me. Two of the guys weren't even comics. Are you a comic? Are you a comic? Are you a comic? Oh, hey, how you doing? Walks off. I'm like, wow. I, and then I can't yell after them. This is what they don't get. I can't yell after them. I'm a comic. You know what I mean? Because I look desperate. I look weird. I look like I'm trying too hard. So these guys are like, you know, they have all this advice for comedy. Like, just do this. Just do that. And it's like, OK, but just hanging is not the same for me. And mm-hmm. you because like. Men will comment on my looks if I'm just sitting there. You know, there's so much that goes into it. Like one time, God forbid, I made this like purposely ugly face at this dude. And I'll never forget. It's like he didn't talk to me for a week. Like, you know, I made this like where you give yourself the purposeful double chin, you know, and he like looked like he wanted to barf and like wouldn't look at me for like a week. That's insane. You know, and I'll tell you who it is after and you'll laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so the Google manifesto shit pisses me off because of course, he gets fired. And it's like, OK, if I'm sitting there talking shit about my boss and my boss is right behind me, I'm going to get fired, too. Yeah. But his whole thing is he was just spreading the truth. And these guys are always going to make themselves martyrs. But what really makes me upset is that he has he's going to make a career out of this, you know, sure. just like the Kim Davis woman who denied gay marriage. Like they make these careers and the media feeds right into it. Well, so I saw someone on Twitter uh post because he got an op-ed in uh wall street journal yes and a woman posted she's like uh yeah this is white male privilege you send a sexist racist manifesto to all the people in your organization right and you get fired and you get to whine about it in the Wall Street Journal. I mean, it's insubordination at the very least. Can you imagine if a, if a woman sent out the same thing, even making valid claims about feminism, she would probably be fired. Yeah, I mean, I think that Google did the right thing. I actually had like a bunch of thoughts on the Google guy, too. So I'm he's not my crush man Monday because that's all you. But I, I want to buttress. I want to buttress your point. So the thing that really frustrates me is there's this thing about white maleness that presumes its objectivity. Yes. Apps always. They're always reasonable and detached right. and removed. So uh, they're always uh, benefited the doubt as it relates to rationality or, you know, uh, having access to information and what he was doing was peddling a lot of, um, I don't know, I might have mentioned it in passing before, but I'm very skeptical of evolutionary biology and evolutionary psychology because what you find is men who receive data and skew it in a way mm-hmm. that that um, propagates whatever sexist um, 
male dominating version of the universe that there is right mm-hmm. anytime so, white men are talking about genes you got to be a little yes every time a man talks a white man talks about selectivism mm-hmm. and survival of the fittest i get nervous yeah um i i remember there was an incident before where Marsha showed me like on our first way back we did a version of Marsha misandry with Marsha, and i was her guest where she showed me some footage of a female snake being chased down by a bunch of male <laughs> snakes. And, and I was like, she's getting raped by a thousand snakes. And uh, and it was presented as though she was getting raped by a, th- a thousand that snakes. That is true. I didn't just make that up. It was David Attenborough being like, she can't get away. <laughs> but I'm like, what if she wants to get fucked by a thousand <laughs> snakes? I loved that. You're like, who's to say she's not just having a great time? Yes. <laughs> because the people doing the science and the people in charge of the numbers and the people in charge of the money to fund the science to figure out the numbers are always dudes. But anyway... Outside of me, who has my own skepticism about evolutionary anything, uh, there has been study upon study to debunk these things. But men who find whatever uh, information they use to to propagate whatever point of view they have, use it anyway. And so this guy is basically using pseudoscience to say that women are inferior in STEM, that uh, women with higher levels of testosterone are more inclined to go into scientific studies, STEM studies. Um, I've seen people say that that's true. I've seen people say that that's not true. I just want to say, even if we allowed him that fact. Nothing happens in a vacuum. That's my thoughts. I don't well, know. yeah. So one, nothing happens in a vacuum. What he's basically saying is, by virtue of people being born women, yes. they are not interested in STEM, therefore aren't good. But that is a leap that even your science doesn't allow for Mm -hmm. because what all the testosterone based studies that he cites or is interested in. And I've seen his defenders cite. Mm -hmm. They talk about the lack of interest in STEM related fields versus domestic or girly fields that women are interested in naturally, they Mm want to say. But even if that were so, it doesn't mean the women who are interested in STEM aren't good at it. Right. It just means there might be a a smaller pool from which to take. Right. Right. But his manifesto isn't that it's too few women who are interested in STEM. Right. His manifesto is that they're not qualified to do STEM. But that's like saying a lot of women aren't inclined to be athletic. It's Mm -hmm. not true, but I can understand that men will make that argument, the same testosterone bullshit argument. Right. But that doesn't mean that the women who want to do sports shouldn't do sports because they aren't good at sports. Right. Right. But he's trying to make the argument that sports for women shouldn't exist because girls like girly shit. Absolutely. And that's it's the same bullshit. shit. It's garbage. That's a nonsense argument. It is. Does like, it- all of his arguments were so false, removed and rational. And half of them right. weren't even true. And half of them were that like insane, like with the Serena Williams couldn't beat the 200 men above her. Like. Like John uh, Macro, yeah, yeah, where it's like half of his arguments were introducing these insane hypotheticals that could never be proven or disproven one way or the other. Well, but so of course, his people are always going to be like, well, it's true that if you had half women, this would happen. Like he was introducing these hypotheticals about how women don't want to be like 
in the workforce and the same thing Gavin McGinnis says where it's like and the saddest thing is like he's he's doing this false logic and it's like you might be reading it thinking oh I guess that's science and then he gets into this and actually women would be happier at home and it's like oh okay and there we are right so and here we are so what he argued one basically was that uh, women are less inclined toward coding therefore it does it's stupid to pursue women to code but this is how they act like like they act like black people are getting free college like everyone just gets everything they want for being a minority or a marginalized person like they want to act like a woman just walks into google with no skills whatsoever says give me this guy's engineering job they fire the google manifesto guy and bring this woman with no experience right. so that's one, what he acts like one that doesn't happen for a woman especially with the social things like i, re- I you know i just read about this study that they say girls don't do well in stem but when you take the names off of the right. tests that indicate the gender of the person who has taken that test girls do way better in terms of score so the biases of their teachers are interfering with their ability to perform exactly those, like you don't think that spaces. has a part of it when you're the one girl and everyone's gonna see every mistake that you make as proving that you're not capable we're right. supposed to if a man makes a tech mistake oh well he's a genius that had a bad right. day you know and so he quoted all these scientific studies that prove that women are less inclined to pursue uh, STEM, but he didn't pr- cite any studies that women perform, perform women who are coders perform more poorly. And they act like it's not harassment. Like, he knew that the people who were going to be reading this were his fellow tech people who, you know, 19% are women and people of color. And what he's telling them is what they keep reiterating, which is you don't belong. Exactly. And so he didn't account for the fact that shit like this Mm -hmm. affects the performance of women when you finally let them in. And they know they do. It's like we were talking about last episode where it's just like what they're really screaming about is that they want the ability to make you feel afraid. And if they lose that ability, they feel like they have nothing. They have nothing. Exactly. So just, just for the record, uh, women with female mentors perform better in school and in the workplace Mm -hmm. and black students with black professors and mentors also perform better in the, in the school or in the workplace because they have people who have moved beyond uh, biases that come from being an outside of that yes. group and also they can believe in their career potential because they are seeing they see somebody who's, who's who's there but also no company has suffered from the diversity of perspectives and this yes. is a this is a this is also a scientific truth that people like him don't like to cite. They really don't like to when, acknowledge. When there is a diversity on the board, when there's diversity in the leadership, when there's diversity in upper level management, always, always, always the company does better or becomes more innovative because there is nothing wrong with having somebody who sees the world a little differently from you combined with your technical skills. And someone who thinks that they're that clever, mm-hmm. missing that ain't shit. That's so what the like, main thing is. Like, that's why it's not, it's such a harmful thing that these white men who are in charge see themselves, or not even in charge all the time, they see themselves as removed and rational when it's like, actually, 
thinking that and not allowing it to be a true meritocracy because you'd be afraid that you can't compete makes us way more mediocre well, also, than we have to no be. There's no such thing as a true meritocracy. Exactly. It's never going to be it's, separated. It's like there's no such thing. We aren't all starting with the same talent. Right. I mean, even biologically speaking, the idea that you think that your biology and your God-given quote-unquote talent means that you deserve something when someone wasn't given those things exactly. is bullshit. That is not a meritocracy. That's you just believing in biological advantages. And their identity um, would, I mean, his identity would unravel. Like, that's the whole thing is that he instead just, they double down, they triple down, they quadruple down until they're standing with tiki torches right. outside of a fucking Robert E. Lee statue, which we didn't even get into. I'll link in the thing because a really, int- I went to Robert E. Lee Elementary School mm-hmm. in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And now we're starting petitions online to get the name to be changed. And I'm seeing all the backlash, of course, from people in Oklahoma. Like I said on other episode, Oklahoma was nowhere close to being a state in the Confederacy. Why do we have an elementary school named after Robert E. Lee? And it's because the Southern people had so much power in the cultural reconstruction and the telling of the history that we were fed this lie. Robert E. Lee was a great man. He was against slavery. He was actually even against secession. He just fought for the South because he was a loyal Southerner. So this myth is now only recently being exposed where there's an article I was reading today about how, of course, Robert E. Lee was not any of these things. He went and captured slaves himself during the war. No, he loved slaves. He loved slave owning. And also, this is the most important part. The resurgence of Confederate mythology did not come until the civil rights movement started to take hold you will find that many states, including Mississippi and I think Maryland, added Confederate symbols to their state flag once they saw the traction that the civil rights movement was gaining. Right. But also just really quickly going back to that uh, Google guy who we needed to crush. I just want to say that he, even if he had a point, he did it poorly. And so he deserved to be fired Mm -hmm. because it would be one thing to gather a bunch of signatures from like-minded employees and presented it to his director or the director of diversity Mm -hmm. or the head of the organization when he identified the change in the company. What he did was send a screed that he masked as a rational memo, Uh but really he was ill in his feelings and wrote some shit and sent it to everybody. Based on conduct alone. Yeah, based on conduct alone, you not shit. You didn't deserve to stay there. You created a hostile work environment Mm -hmm. rather than going to your directs and your um, supervisors to complain about a change in policy you disagree with. And also, again, there's never any problem with diversity, even if you think the person doesn't have the same qualifications you do, which is why when Sonia Sotomayor talked about the fact that being a a Bronx Latina who grew up poor made her an amazing addition to the Supreme Court, people were so mad about it. But if you've read her dissents and Mm -hmm. her comments on shit like criminal justice reform and women's health care, you would know that that perspective was needed because perspective is over always needed and that's what they're fighting so hard against is they were like we've technically always allowed you your point of view but you weren't supposed to be able to actually affect change exactly so that's why we're going to paint you as violent even though you know that one death on your hands is going to mean the end of or you know the challenging of a movement whereas we can kill as many people as we want and just keep going and going pretending to be victims right you know it's frustrating so meet us in the woods we have our (laughs) militia fucking ready to go uh, 
Do you have anything fun that you want to like plug? I have. So, well, my band, Free the Mind, we have our music video coming out really soon. It's very poignant. It's about older white men. It's going to be a really funny video. I'm really, really excited. I, we just saw the first cut and it'll be out at the by the end of August. Um, so look for that. And I'm excited to get to the emails and everything and all of you guys' feedback because that's been the coolest part is just imagining, you know, lining up just thousands and thousands <laughs> of women in the woods, you know, and some men, male spies, you know, we're going to have some really, really great male spies that are going to go through a, a series of tests that last on average five to six years. Um, <laughs> it's it's a long test. It's about 90,000 questions. I'm glad. So um, uh, I'm Ray, obviously. Uh, I'm on the a writer on the president show. Yeah. So when we come back, I think our first day back on air is the 21st. Uh, please get to watching. We're going to change time uh, because Comedy Central has a new fall lineup. So there will be a time where we move to midnight on Thursdays. But at the moment, we're 1130. And I'll let you know when we are at midnight. And, you know, um, every Thursday at 7 a.m., my girl code Snapchat episodes get released, so please come check those out. And uh, yeah, listen to us, engage with us on Twitter. We love it so much. Use the hashtag Missandry with MR. We're in the business of, I promise, putting together a PayPal so you guys can donate to us because some of you wonderfully generous people have asked where you could, and we'll get that together. And then we're gonna work on getting you guys a Facebook group so you can hate men in a really great safe space and we'll hate men there with you but for the moment use misandry with mr as a hashtag to discuss the show and just hit us up i'm at ray sani marsha's at marsha belsky and just let us know what you're thinking and what you think about what we've just talked about exactly we love to hear from you you know and we're all just hanging in there we're trying to just live day to day and, you know, these voices around us of these men physically disturbing, you know, and it's hard. It's hard to cross the street every time you see one. You know, I get <laughs> it. I understand. Blow a whistle every time. Mace indiscriminately. That's I'm inventing. I can't wait. Like we were talking about science. I can't wait until we finally have only women in science because we're going to do so many things. I have an idea for a whistle that blows every day for an hour but only men can hear it and it's called it's called what whistle <laughs> what whistle what whistle are you talking about exactly yeah. i'm not sure that i understand so be on the lookout for our next episode which is just a feedback episode and a, a couple of little notes from the militia so talk soon talk soon bye, bye. <laughs> do not manslate me or manslate me miss andrew